Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Kyle, uh, this is a big week for us. It's a big week for the show. And it's not just because we got uh, a, a little bit of fun with one of the podcast's uh, favorite topics, the uh, the thick John Rom being uh, one part of the winning team at the Zurich over the weekend. But this is the beginning of an absolute onslaught of podcasts. It's a, a pod slot. We are bringing you three episodes per week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, for at least the foreseeable future and the, the remaining of the major schedule, I would guess. Uh, so we will be working in more guests. We're going to have uh, some some daily and weekly features that you will be introduced to. Some some sound coming in from time to time. Kyle, this is an ex- <laughs> this is a, an exciting uh, an exciting exciting moment for the show. Yeah, it's great. I'm I'm fired up about it. You know, I I think that w- one of our sort of plans for the shows is also to do these or to release these, I guess, early afternoon. And, and, you know, it's, it's been interesting. You and I have been in the, the hashtag content world for, I don't know, almost a decade now, probably you, you maybe over a decade. And it's interesting to see how people's, um, consumption of stuff evolves. And I think that one of the big things that you see right now, and, and I, the reason I say this, because I do it myself is like, when do I consume things, you know? And, And for me, it's podcasts in the morning when I go to the gym, for some people it's, when they come home uh, from work in the afternoon. So uh, our goal was, was to kind of hit that afternoon time, which I think is uh, is fun. And uh, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we might mix it up during major weeks, depending on like, you know, what, what the weekend looks like. And, you know, like on Friday we taped, or excuse me, during master's week, we taped on Friday. So uh, that, that the only deviation probably would be a, a major week, but yeah, I'm excited about it. There's, I mean, this, it's crazy. I was thinking about this over the weekend. It's it's the Zurich Classic, and you're like, okay, whatever. And there's like a ton of news to talk. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. So it's definitely the heart of the season, and uh, yeah, we have a lot to, to get to. So here's what you have to look forward to here in Monday's show. Uh, we are going to be looking at Tiger Woods not playing at the Wells Fargo, to, having a conversation about uh, whether or not it matters, a discussion of the Zurich Classic, the format altogether. We've got a stat of the day for you, and man, we, we always talk about our over-unders. It'll, it'll be over-under Mondays, coming in each Monday, breaking down some over-unders, and I think you're going to like this one. But we do begin uh, at the Zurich Classic. So John Rahm and Ryan Palmer get the win. There's uh, a lot to – number one, you go with the Ryan Palmer angle, and I, we looked at this duo going into it like, man, this is huge for him uh, individually. Yeah. This is a PGA Tour win that gets him into the Masters. Uh, does it get him into the Tour Championship or at least get him enough FedEx FedEx Cup points so that he'll be well-positioned for the playoffs? I mean, there's a lot of fallout from being able to be the, the winning pair at the Zurich. So it actually doesn't get him into the Masters wow, because okay. the mas- 
the masters, uh, apparently does not recognize the, I don't think it does. I don't think they recognize the team event, but it does get him into, I believe I saw the 2019 or yeah, this year's PGA. So three weeks from now and then next year's players championship. Okay. So there is, there are, there's certainly some benefits and we're going to talk about whether that's, it, I don't know. The whole the team thing is is weird to me because, and we'll talk about this later with the the Kepka brothers. But uh, yeah, I mean it's great for him. You know, it's funny because I joked about this last night when we did um, we did an HQ show. But like apparently he only plays with top ten guys in the world. So <laughs> now Jordan Jordan Spieth's out of the top ten. So he's like, oh, I'll go with John Rom now. Uh, that's a joke, obviously, because Spieth just decided not to play Zurich, but. Uh, it was a cool story. You know, I think we get we get caught up in like you I mean, we talk about this all the time. We get caught up in the twelve guys that matter. Uh, but for him, it's a big deal to get a win. Hasn't won in nine years. His wife and son are there. Uh it you know, I thought Rom said this well in his interview on on Sunday with uh, with Peter Costas. He said, Look, it, you know, Palmer's wife and son came over to hug him and he said, Nothing I can say right now is as good as is what you're watching on TV. It was Rom like took over the broadcast there for a second, <laughs> which was great. Uh, but no, it was, I was, you know, it's cool to see Rom win cause he's the star, but I thought from a, um, human interest story, it was, it was even cooler to see Ryan Palmer get a win. They fed off each other. They played pretty well in the uh, alternate shot. And by the way, you're the, the joke about only playing with top 10 players in the world. I'm sure that there's, uh, there's someone who just has been running their local member guest by having a similar approach, right? Like some <laughs> someone or 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 people in that player's flight are very very angry and nodding their heads right now. The relatable Ryan Palmer uh, bringing in the ringer in the the team play for for the alternate shot portion of this championship, which was on Friday and Sunday. A lot of it. I mean, it, I I hate to take us into like the non-analytical, you know, to to step away from, um, you know, our, our we we value the statistics, we value our strokes gained uh, numbers, but just to be able to feed off each other, to be able to to have that positive energy back and forth for two players that I did not know had much of a relationship prior to this. I, I felt like they made a, a pretty good team. And when it came to trying to close this thing out on Sunday, uh, I mean, I, it just looked like the cup was appearing to be huge for both of them. Yeah. They shot 33 on the back nine. I mean, the, the way they played an alternate shot was, I mean, they shot 65 on Friday and I wrote this. I thought that's where they won the tournament. I you know they didn't, they didn't actually get the trophy until Sunday, but 65 an alternate shot on Friday or whenever the third round ended or, or second round Saturday morning whatever. Uh, that was, that was pretty impressive. They, so they made on Sunday back nine, they made uh, putts on the back. They didn't no bogeys, bogey free, three birdies, 14 feet, seven feet, six feet, three feet, 11 feet, 24 feet, five, three, one. So they made it, they made everything they looked at. The only, the only putt they missed was on 18 and, uh, it was, it was like a, I think it was a 10 footer for birdie or something like that. And, and they narrowly missed that. So if you're putting like that with two really good ball strikers, Rom, obviously, and, and Palmer, who historically has been, you know, a top 30 or top 40 guy from T to green. If they're putting like that, it's, it's, uh, you know, they're going to be up there. By the way, do you think if Palmer next year, uh, what, what if like, 
what if Rom texts him in like April or in like March? It's like, hey, you know, we doing we we defending, like ready to get back to New Orleans, and Palmer's like. I mean, Rory's playing this year, and so oh no, he's I, with I DJ I'm... next year. He's just gonna keep, <laughs> he, yeah, he's just gonna keep moving, uh, moving up the chains with that one. <laughs> that would be that would be a uh, that'd be a power play. That'd be awesome. What are right, you mentioned uh, Brooks and Chase earlier? What were your what were your feelings about the brothers Kepka in this in this precarious position where it seems like Chase's credentials, as we joked going into the weekend, uh, that he just kind of had it on auto renew with his credit card because uh, it, it best we can tell his professional status is uh, it is hanging in the balance. Yeah, I, I looked into this a little bit, and apparently, so he lost his card last year, and he's waiting. I guess apparently the uh, the European Tour's web dot com, uh, their version of the web dot com, the Challenge Tour. That's right. I, I don't think it's started yet, and so he's sort of waiting for that. I think so. He's basically been playing these mini tour events in Florida, and then all of a sudden, you get into uh, Zurich and it's just, it's just a weird thing, man, because like if they win, I mean, if, if Brooks goes out and just plays out of his mind and basically carry, and that's sort of what happened. I looked at their best ball days. So, uh, Thursday, Saturday, Brooks made 11 birdies and an Eagle and chase contributed three birdies. Mm. And so you're like, well, what are we doing here? Like, and, and that's, you know, some of that is like, okay, well, maybe he made birdies and Brooks just made them for, you know, whatever. But I don't know. It just seems kind of, seems kind of weird. Like, I, I don't know that I, that I love the ability t- to do that. You don't, like, you would rather Brooks have to select somebody for a PGA Tour event who is all carted up and not, uh, and, and not just seemingly along for the ride. Yeah, or maybe like maybe maybe there's some sort of deal where like if you if you win some of the benefits are only based on whether or not you're a, a web.com member or a PGA Tour member. And so all of a sudden it's not like Brooks carries Chase to a win and now Chase Kepka is in the 2020 Players Championship. Well, I mean, in you know the reason probably that we're not going to have that scenario is that Brooks had to carry. I don't. Brooks would have to go very, very far to carry him. And right. you know, f- from the the weekend action that we just saw, it should not be surprising that Brooks Kepka, one of the world's best golf talents, would carry another player who's on the fringe of not being on the Challenge Tour. Right? Like if we remove their last names and tell you that Brooks and Chase, multiple time major winner, uh, currently waiting for the Challenge Tour season to start, the idea that Brooks would carry him makes perfect sense. So I guess your your angle is, you know, that's fine if they want to play, but you're willing to have the the loose standards on getting in. It's just that the rewards for winning, like we were talking about with Brian Palmer, meaningful rewards that include uh, the the players next year and the PGA Championship this year. That's where it would seem like uh, the plus one has has gone a little bit too far. I mean, I think so. Do you, do you do you disagree? I just i I guess I disagree, but it 
it's it is uh it, that's also a little bit of uh faith that's a, a little bit of faith in the system in that when you have all these world ca- world class golfers playing that it's just going to be really really tough for Brooks to truly carry the load of someone who's not credentialed to be there or sure, any golfer but I mean yeah sure but like they're in it on Sunday they they finished T twenty second and shot like seventy five on Sunday like they were like kind of kind of in it going i mean they were i don't know four back going into the final round but you're still like okay is this is this what we want professional golf to be (laughs) (laughs) thank you coach saban Uh, i loved our late charge from sergio garcia and tommy fleetwood that was like that was my tournament i didn't even watch the rest of it i was just (laughs) that was just so like sergio had a great quote he said uh where is that? He he called. He was like just effusively praising Tom Tommy Locks, Tommy Fleetwood, and he called Sunday's sixty-eight one of the easiest sixty-eights in foursomes ever shot, ever <laughs> <laughs> in the history of golf. He was fist pumping. He was screaming. It was awesome. It was great, and it just to me it goes back to Ryder Cup stuff. Like there, there, there are no bad European pairings. Like Tommy and Sergio didn't even, they didn't, I don't, yeah, they didn't play together because Fleetwood was with Molinari the whole time. And you're like, oh, I could envision Fleetwood and Sergio going three and one at, uh, at Whistling Straits. That's pretty easy to envision. So I don't know, man. They're just, I love the, the Euro Ryder Cup guys. They're, they're so much fun. And we had, uh, on the President's Cup side, a woeful performance from our Aussies, Adam Scott and Jason yeah. Day. It wasn't great. You know, I don't, I, so they missed the cut. They're seven under after two rounds, missed the cut by one. I don't want to like lose my mind about it because w- when you look at some of this team stuff, the scores are so volatile. Like, uh, Ian Poulter and Sam Horsfield finished, they made the, they made the cut by one. So they were one better than Scott and day after two rounds. And then they ended up finishing top 10 cause they play well over the last two days. So these scores are like, you're getting these, you know, 62, 63s in, uh, especially in, in best ball. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't want to overact too much to that, but, uh, doesn't, don't know that it bodes super well for, uh, Mr. Mr. Ernie Els's uh, president's cup team come December. I d- I'm not going to have any big president's cup takeaways, but I was pretty disappointed. They were some of the first ones out on Thursday and then things get immediately, uh, washed out. Like we got the lightning in the area. They only had about what six or seven holes that they got in. The whole flow of the championship was very, very strange. Maybe there weren't enough balloons for for Day to blow up to activate his ribs or whatever. His is, back is is that what he's been doing? Or is, yeah. is, is is wait for real? I thought that was a shot at him being at the amusement park when he withdrew. No. So during the Masters, he was talking about how he blows up balloons to uh, get his like rib cage in the right place or something. Oh my gosh! That's yeah, a real thing. Mm. Real, real quotes, real statements yes. by a professional yeah. golfer, major winner. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just, uh, I just googled Jason Day balloon and uh, the routine that Jason Day he he told this to uh, Marty Smith, I think, of of ESPN. He said, this is going to sound really weird. I have to get my rib cage back in position. So my rib cage is out of position. Um, 
let's see, where's the balloon part? I blow into balloons in certain positions to try and get my rib cage down. But then I also, I've got these other exercises. He just goes on and on and on about all this. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I hope he does it in the locker room. I hope he does it in front of all other golfers. <laughs> I, I, Kepka walks by. And he's yes. like, That's, "What the hell are you doing?" Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Jason Day to be uh, trying to get his ribs in order by blowing into a balloon in front of like Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson's locker. Pat Perez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, no. Pat Perez thinks he's taking whippets and comes over and he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 I'm in." <laughs> oh that's good all right yeah maybe maybe the the uh the break was um not enough balloons during the the weather delay for the aussies yeah (laughs) uh and now it is time for stock up stock down brought to you by td ameritrade Uh, we've been taking a look at golfers we we also are going to take a look at events and uh and we are going to turn our attention for this stock up stock down to the Zurich Classic. It has been moved around as part of the reshuffle with the PGA Championship, which you can watch on CBS coming up in just a few weeks in at Bethpage Black. Um, Zurich, just outside of New Orleans. We've got the team play. We, we've gone over the format uh, in the last couple podcasts. With a, with this in the rear view, how are you feeling about the uh, the event in and of itself? Like, Is this a stock up or stock down event for you? It's interesting because you get these events that are unconventional and I feel like what comes out of them is always like, like everybody always has to have a take on the format at the end of the event. Like we never play the Wells Fargo, for example, and, and get to the end and people are like, you know what would make the Wells Fargo better is, is this. But like every year at the end of the Zurich, people are like, you know what would make the the Zurich better is whatever and it was interesting because gary mccord on the broadcast was talking about on sunday he's like i'm bored i don't like this format on sunday i don't like the alternate shot on sunday (laughs) i was like wow okay i guess we're doing this and uh you know bill mcatee's trying to like bring it back and it was it was was, it's pretty hilarious um (laughs) And, and, and going into the tournament, I sort of agreed with McCord and from, in the sense of like, um, not like I wanted a best ball on Sunday cause you get birdies, you get Eagles, whatever. But after having watched it and I actually did watch after Fleetwood and Sergio finished, I sort of like the alternate shot because I think it, there's more, um, there's more opportunity for, for different teams to assume the lead. Mm. Like if you have best ball, like you're not going to. And you're playing well, you're not going to shoot worse than like 64, right? And so it's just it's it's hard to to run somebody down from behind. Um, so I kind of like the, you know Louis Ustazen and and Charles Schwartzel. I think that's I think they're a pair. They but in the alternate shot portion, they both hit a ball out of bounds consecutively and made like a nine on a on a hole. <laughs> and so like it's like one shot from each guy, and then you're staring at a you know quintuple bogey. So uh, I I don't know I'm kind of in on it but you know other people were talking about do they go to like you know uh, match play style on the weekend and I I don't know I kind of like it the way it is like just get better players and keep building it up get a different course maybe but uh, other than that I, I'm 
I'm stock up. I'm in. Oh, I'm stock way up. And it's because of uh, those like member guest feels like it just it feels like um, the kind of pairing and that you would have at a, a golf club in a, a weekend full of action where it's, you know, you and your partner and it's, it's not y'all against the other teams that you're, or the other uh, pair that's in your foursome. It's y'all against the field and it's kind of, you know, wide open and go get it. And I, I, I like it because what I saw from the players this weekend, even with having to do most of round two and round three, all on Saturday, squeezing this thing in, I mean, I feel like I still saw some like joy and fun and, and uh, just a little bit of a change in the routine. I don't think that we need to, you know, tweak it too much because it seems to be a, a format that is relatable enough. I mean, if you get more of like golf's superstars and, and superstar type pairings, then that would change maybe the the boredom level as you're as you're coming down the stretch. But I, I, I looked at this, and, and what was it? Before Sunday started, there were maybe seven or eight groups that were all uh, all had a decent shot at it. Yeah, I think – so the, the variables that go into an event are the, the quality of player, the quality of um, the course, and then the format. And you look at this, and you're like, okay, well, maybe this isn't a great event. What's the easiest thing – what's the lowest hanging fruit? What's the easiest thing to change? And you go to format, right? Because you, it's it's hard to get good players. Are you going to change the you know the course? I I, I don't know. Um, and so I just feel like people run to that when the reality is like you could you could, if you if you played this at Augusta and had all the best players, people would lo- like nobody would be talking about the format, right? And so I I just I I don't think that's really the answer. I'm in on it. I'm in on it. I'm in on the Zurich stock up and it's hundred percent biased because John Rom won. And that is stock up, stock down brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Uh, whether we should be making a big deal about what tiger not playing in the Wells Fargo. We'll get into that. Plus over unders in our stat of the day, right after this, the wait is over. The shy returns with new episodes on paramount plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG. So Tiger originally on the schedule for the Wells Fargo. That was one of the nine or ten events, I believe, that you ranked for uh, play the the most likely places where Tiger might be able to get his record tying PGA Tour win. Uh, he has decided that he is not going to play. Kyle, are you making a big deal out of this? No, I. I well, I don't think so. I'm glad he's not playing. I think it's good. I think it's good for him. I think that I was talking to my wife about this and she was like, why didn't he just play the majors? And I was like, yeah, I agree. Just play the majors. Just play the, you know, play all four in the John Deere. Just play all the majors. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, 
He's basically the there. I well, mean, yeah, ma- majors in the pl- majors in the playoffs. The thing that gives me pause was this quote from Mark Steinberg to Bob Herrig on ESPN.com. He said, nobody should lose their mind over this. There's a huge difference between being hurt and being sore. And you're like, okay, did anybody ask you about his? I, I, maybe there was a question about his injury that I just missed from in that exchange. And then he said he's sore after most tournaments he plays. He requires some downtime and doesn't feel he has enough time to get ready for next week. And so that's like a, that gives me like 1% pause. I, I still don't think it's a big deal. And I think that at this point in his career, like I, th- I, th- I kind of feel like he should play eight events a year. I mean, I know we're kind of joking about just the majors, but why not play the majors, play the players, play a couple playoffs, play the Memorial, and that's it. Play like, Tory. That do what? Play Tory. Yeah, maybe Tory or or whatever. Or another like one of the California swing but, tournaments. But he doesn't need to be he doesn't need to be playing, you know. Yeah, he would play uh he'll play Riviera because his foundation does that deal. Um but yeah, play nine events, play ten events, whatever. Uh what's interesting and somebody brought this up. I can't remember who. It might have, I don't know. I don't know who it was. He might go, so this stretch, this major season stretch, so Masters until the Open in July. I think it's July 14th is the Open, or is the Sunday of the Open. He might only play five times. He might play Masters and then PGA and then probably Memorial because that's in between PGA and U.S. Open. Then U.S. Open and then Open Championship. He I, might only play. He might not play Memorial. He might only play four. T- he might only play the majors this this in this stretch. You shared uh, in our golf workroom uh, about a ten minute interview with Golf TV. I watched it all, and it changed my mind on the reaction here. Um, mm. I think that the his comments showed me. Someone who really had just been kicking it since he won. You know, he talked about, he said, I, I hadn't, uh, I haven't started the process of getting my body ready uh, for my next tournament. I hadn't started the, the mental process. And, and remember, this is Tiger Woods. I wake up at 3.45 a.m. to start yeah, my process. Yeah, he's he's like, been sleeping in until about 4.30 probably. Right. But he, he was like, yeah, I've just been going back and forth to school. I went to the the club a few times just to play some rounds of golf and and he immediately transitioned not from what playing golf felt like but instead to how great it was to get a bunch of hugs from all the members like i yeah. i just i saw there there really does seem to be a little bit of a a true honeymoon period there does seem to be a little bit of a like post exams i'm just going to go to the beach for a week and and just like let just let off some steam. I just think that he has really put in so much work to get to this point. He seems to be allowing himself to to let it go for a little bit. And that get, you know, uh, I've got a couple reactions to that. Number one, good for you. You're 43 years old. You've been yeah. through hell. Like if if you want to just sit back and do the things that make you happy, then absolutely go and do it. Uh, number two that if he was considering the wells, he has to know, or part of the equation, and maybe this is with Steiny too, or his his whole management team, part of the equation is going to be that the hype for your next tournament is through the roof. And if you're not feeling it, then that could be a really frustrating situation, right? Yeah. 
Like if for sure. Yeah. If, if you're feeling cold, you don't want, you don't want to be going in kind of half assing it when you just won the masters and every single, like the entire quail hollow club is just going to be zoned in on you the entire time. And yeah, so, and especially at a course like that. Yeah. So you I, know, where it's kind of, it's kind of brawny. It's kind of like, I mean, just thinking about like the 18th hole, like it's just, it's hard, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that, but I think that speaks to like the fact that he should only play eight events. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I'm cool with that, but I will also say that it has changed listening to those conversations and hearing uh, about what his time since the Masters win has been like. I'm not going to fade Tiger Woods specifically at the PGA, but I don't think I'm going to pick him to win. Yeah, I know. I do. So two other things. One, there was a there was a video of him. I think this was on the Golf TV Twitter account, like walking into the celebration that they had cutting a cake. And he looked like he like couldn't like if you asked him to like run a sub nine second 40, like he would struggle to do it with the way and he I was moving if, or the way he looked. Yeah, okay. I don't know if he had just like come from the gym or what. And I don't know, man, I, I don't know like what all goes into getting his body ready for, you know, in a given day for a tournament. Like it might be like way more extensive than than I imagined it to be. Um, so that's one that that's the other thing that I'm kind of like, and, and he, he taught, he used like weird language. He was like, ah, oh, I've just been, just been laying around. Yeah. I've just been laying there. <laughs> what? It's like, what? I don't know. There's just there's something weird. I, I don't. And maybe it's nothing. It probably is nothing. Like we just, we overanalyze everything with him. But then the other thing, and I, th- I think that he's been thinking about this more is I think, I don't think, I know there's a, there's a real chance at 18 majors again. Right. And I think that that reality, the reality of winning the masters and giving himself that shot again has maybe made him think differently about like what this, not just the 2019 schedule should be, but like how many more majors can I, can I play in to have that shot? Because who, like, honestly, who cares about Bay Hill? Right. Who, who cares about tour? No, no, but it doesn't matter at all. Like he cares about his foundation, the, the charity work, all that stuff. And then the majors. And so maybe that means he just plays Riviera and the four majors. And that's great. But I, I do think that part of it has entered his mind again, as it should and uh, that's going to be that's going to be a big storyline, which is is fun for us and great for him. Well, it's and I remember my fear as Tiger Woods started making uh, real efforts at returning was that his role on the PGA Tour was going to be as a sideshow uh, circus character, something where he does show up to the majors and everyone goes out just so that they can be able to tell their grandkids, "I saw Tiger Woods." Uh, play in person, but he's never really a threat. And the thing that's exciting is if he's going to make this, a, I'm only playing in the majors and you know Riviera, my foundation, like if he's going to go super light schedule, then it does become a little bit of a sideshow just seeing him in person. But the difference is he's an actual threat to win, which makes it uh, all the more intriguing, whether you're there or uh, especially from our seat where we're probably going to be forced to talk about him either way. So it's nice that he's actually a for real threat. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd rather him do that at the tournaments that matter than at the, you know, 
whatever, like the, the, no offense, but the Valspar. Right. Like, it's just, it's like, okay, well, if he, even if he, other than the, 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 you know, Sam Snead's record, 82, like if he wins the Valspar, like what, what does that even, even like the true championship, you're like, okay, well, what is this? It's like, it's cool that he's had this comeback and won, but what does it mean versus like winning the masters? You're like, okay, this is like historically meaningful. And at this point, if you've got X number of swings left in your body, you might as well use them on the tournaments that matter. Fair. All right. Time for the stat stat of the day. Kyle stat master. What's our stat of the day? Yeah, I've got, I got some for you here. I've got uh, 10 players have made the cut at the last five majors. So that's, all the majors in 2018 and then the mass, the 2019 masters. I want to see, I'm going to give you like 30 seconds, see how many you can name. You just throw somebody out there and I'll say yes or no. 10, 10 players have made the cut at the last five majors. I want to see how many you can name. And if you can, if you can tell me who's been the lowest under par of those 10. Okay. Let's start with the, uh, Dustin Johnson. No. Ooh, Justin Thomas. No. Jason day. No. Justin Rose. No. Uh, Adam Scott. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, holy cow. Uh, well, it's not Brooks because he didn't play, right? In last no. year's Masters. Um, no. Jordan Spieth. No. <laughs> um, Tommy Fleetwood. Yes. All right. Uh, John Rahm. No. Um,. Is it is is there a horn? Am I, am I out of time? Yeah, you're you're out of time. Oh goodness! That, that was that was. So first of all, this is really tough. It's a weird list of ten players. Second of all, that was terrible. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm gonna go from worst. Oh, is so, t- is so, Tiger one of them? No. Is Phil one of them? Uh, no. Oh, wow. So I just had yeah. those. Those were 15 shots, and I just hit one. <laughs> You got Tommy Locks though. Okay, so it's 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 real. A couple of them you should have gotten, but okay. only a couple because the others are are like obscure kind. Of, not obscure, but for a list like this, they're obscure. So we'll go from worst to first. So the worst of the ten guys, uh, in terms of score to par at the last five majors of the ten guys that have made every cut, Mark Leishman has taken one thousand four hundred and thirty-five strokes at the last five majors. Okay. Uh, RCB, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Mm, cup making machine. Terrell Hatton. All right. Are you ready for this one? Zach Johnson. No! Uh, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Zach Johnson. And this is the last five. This isn't like a has compiled over time or dating back right. to 2015 or, or right. you know, you're saying, uh, you were, you were saying the 2018 major season and the 2019 masters, one of the only 10 players to make the cut at all those events is Zach Johnson. Yeah. I'm saying Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson. We're not have not, but Correct. Zach Johnson has right. Uh, the next one, which maybe you should have gotten Xander. Yeah, I should have gotten that one. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood was uh, number five on the list in terms of score to par, 1,409 strokes All right. in those five tournaments. Webb Simpson, number four. Mm, Should have gotten. Then Frankie Moles, number three, Francesco. All right. 
Uh, and then your top two with f- exactly 1,400 strokes in the last five majors, Tony Finau. Who's the and other can one? You guess, can you guess who's number one? Tied with Tony Finau? Uh, no, one stroke ahead of Tony Finau. One thousand. The only player in the thirteen hundreds. One thousand three hundred ninety nine strokes. Um, and you've already admitted that it's not uh, Rory. I've already incorrectly guessed that it's not. Oh, it's Bryson. Nope, it's Ricky. Ah, oh! it's a fun stat of the day. It's a very fun stat of the day. All right, let's go from top to from Ricky. Uh, take it down again. Who are the ten players? Leishman, RCB, Terrell Hatton, ZJ. Xander, Fleetwood, Webb, Frankie, Finau, Fowler. And I guessed Dustin, Justin, Rose, <laughs> like <laughs> Speed. Oh, goodness. Tiger. Tiger, Bill. yeah. Should have gotten Xander. And and Finau, I've, and I said this on a – and watch CBS Sports HQ. You can get it through the CBS Sports app. You can uh, get it from cbssportshq.com. We were on – we had a 30-minute – uh, breakdown show on CBS Sports HQ, and I kind of tipped my hand a little bit there, but that I'm at this point with Finau where I believe that Finau is going to be a top 10 lock, but I'm not quite ready to fire on Finau as a major winner yet. And that's so unfair to Tony Finau and disrespectful to the way that majors are won or even golf tournaments are won because you know we put in these abstract, oh, he's not quite there. He hasn't quite made the leap. And I understand that I'm being everything that I criticize, but I, I don't know. i just not not ready for it yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's something to like feeling what it feels like to win a major. I don't know. That's maybe that's narrative driven. That's just like a story I want to tell myself, but I don't know. I, I, I think there's something to that. You know, what's funny about this list is that like you look at Finau and Fowler, you're like, Oh, they've been the most consistent over the last five majors. Like that's so good. You'd kind of rather be Patrick Reed, right? Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. You'd kind of rather be Brooks Kepka. Yes, absolutely. And so it's just a, uh, I don't know. Golf's weird, man. Like it, you're almost like you're you're almost credited for like extreme volatility more than you are for extreme consistency. Tony Finau's first major championship will be when he fires a 64 in the final round in the fourth to last group. <laughs> Tony Finau or Ricky Fowler? <laughs> Either one of them. <laughs> Finau, uh, because who, both who, of them are on. Both of them are just so terrifying on heaters and just let's. Yeah, I know. I know. What okay, how about this? Over on let's start over unders this way. We're gonna move on to over unders now. Uh over under and uh, you're gonna ask me the rest, but I'll ask you this one. One point five majors combined for Finau and Fowler in their careers. Under. <laughs> wow. Under? Ricky might never win one. Nah, he's gonna win one. You can't be yeah, yeah. He yeah, might. Maybe not. He, I know. He he might have like Ricky. Fa- How many PJ Tour wins does Ricky Fowler have right now? Five. Five. He might yeah. have seventeen PGA Tour wins at the end of his career, but no majors. Mm, that would be. I mean, what, what's even a career? Con- I mean, kind of Furyk. Furyk only won one major, the O three U S Open, 
And he was, you know, really close at all these other ones. And he won, I don't know, I think eight, 19 times on the PGA Tour. He almost, well, I guess he's still, he almost won the players. So I guess I can't say he, past tense he won, but he, he so far has won like 19 times. So maybe that's a good comp. He's super consistent, but never like a killer at majors. Mm. I don't know. I mean, at, I think Ricky is more likely to win one than Finau, but I think Finau has more time. Yeah. Finau is sneaky old, though. I think he's like 29. Do you think that Ricky has... Uh, do you think Ricky will be just... Will he push it on the age, or will he be cranking it down uh, like as he starts to get into his upper 30s? Well, there's two things going on there. One, for a lot of these guys, like the money has never been an issue. Like they could have retired five years ago, all of them, Spieth, Fowler, whoever, and they're fine. And so like there's not that incentive like there was for, for other guys. But like what, what what's Fowler going to do if he doesn't play golf? Right. Like is he going to race m- motorbikes when he's 43? I don't think so. I doubt it. Uh, he's going to like run track with his wife when he's 43. Probably not. So I don't know. I just, I think for some of these guys in their head, they're like, Oh, I'll be done by 40. And then they'll look around and be like, well, what else am I going to do? So I, I don't know. I think more of them than we think will play into their forties and fifties. All right. Over under time. Yep. John Rom career wins. This last Zurich Classic was John Rahm's fourth. Uh, yeah, I think so. Are we count? Are we saying like worldwide? Because he's got three or four on the European Tour, also. So that would be seven total. I think he's got seven total. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will say both because I imagine he will continue to compete, and I will say John Rahm. He's got six total: three PGA, three European. Okay, John Rahm. Career wins over under 18 and a half. Oh, I'll go over. Oh, well, because he's so young. Uh, Is is age a big part of this? Uh, Yeah, he's 24. I just think, I mean, his, uh, he's won like his six wins. Like the location of them is hilarious. So he wins San Diego farmers. He wins, uh, Palm Springs career builder. He wins. He wins <laughs> Louisiana, and then he wins the Irish Open. Uh, he wins Dubai, and he wins the Spanish Open. Like he just he just wins everywhere. <laughs> you you seem very impressed by the uh, his professional golf uh, like, like his passport. The, you you're just yeah. fl- you're flipping through the stamps in uh, John Rom's professional golf winning professional golf passport, and you're like. What? Ireland too? Wow. Yeah, Cultured. I mean, you, go, you go from freaking TPC Louisiana to Royal County Down and when both I don't know where the Irish Open was that he won. It wasn't Royal County Down. That's sick. Do you do you think that that is because as uh, as everyone likes to say about John Rahm that because he's he's just got all the shots his game travels as well as anybody else? Yeah, I think so and I think he's a guy that like I know we get on the like, you know, super gets angry and rages or whatever. But I think he, I think he really like cares a lot about being great and about winning. And he's another guy. It's like this is just what he does, you know. Like I don't think he plays golf because, 
of the fame or the money or anything like that. I think he plays golf just because he loves golf. All right. So I think that kind of thing matters when I'm factoring in like longevity. All right. So I said 18 and a half. You said over. Let's let's go with a uh, let's go with this a second run at this. If I bumped it up to 23 and a half, would you still be going I'd go, over? I'd go over the the number I thought of was 25. Oh wow. It's six. A lot. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of winning. It's a lot of winning. All right. Uh, yeah. Over under Tiger tournaments played the rest of the year. PGA, US, the Open Championship, Tour Championship, two playoff events. So that gets us to six. I'm going to say over under six and a half. I'll go under. So you're saying no memorial. Basically, the six and a half is making is me making you choose between memorial or the idea that he could sit out one or two playoff events. Yeah, the playoff events. Here's what's going to be interesting. Is he going to play in the uh, – I don't think he is. But the question is, does he play St. Jude, the, the WGC in, in Memphis the week after Portrush? Mm. That's going to be weird. I don't know if any – I don't know what – I don't know what that's going to be like. Cause like there's never has there been more energy and like focus on the majors. You're going to travel to Memphis coming from port rush the week, a week later and play that. I mean, it is a WGC it's free money and points and whatever, but I don't know, man. I, I mean the masters win is he's going to be in the tour championship regardless. I think he sits out a playoff event. Maybe I, I don't know. I'll go under, yeah. under, under six and a half. Hey, hey, tiger go to the WGC at Memphis. Go say what's up to Gary Parrish. He's a cool dude. <laughs> go sit with him. Go, go do an afternoon on uh, the Gary Parrish show in Memphis. I, I need a Tony Allen Tiger Woods afternoon. Oh my God. Talk yeah. to me. <laughs> Talk. Does, does Tony Allen play golf? No, I, no, I don't. I don't think so. No. Found out juvenile got, plays golf. I, uh, yeah, I saw that. Speaking of Louisiana, <laughs> I had Tony Allen on my OSU podcast one time and, uh, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story publicly, but I am. And uh, I called him, and it was uh, I called him from Skype, and he didn't like that because it gave He's him like, a weird number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, what? Why? Why are you calling me from a blocked number or some? I don't know, blocked, private, whatever. And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> why am I calling you? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, no. He was great though. Yeah. He was awesome. He turned out to be great. That's awesome. Um, so I got to get that. Actually, I'm not going to Skype. If you want to talk sponsorships, holler at me because you know, I, <laughs> you, you know, you know, I got that number. I get, I, I got that number because I can't be uh, terrifying any of the ultra paranoid football coaches. Uh, all right. And in uh, this, this is a fun one. John Peterson. Has been Back in, out of retirement. He's been inspired by Tiger Woods. He was the uh, he's got one professional win. He was the Web.com Tour Finals winner in Tour Finals winner in 2013. He retired last year from pro golf at the age of 30. And the former LSU Tiger, all American there, and uh, and the national champion as well, he says he's back. So over under of John Peterson retirements. He's already got one. I'm going to set John Peterson retirements at two and a half. I think he's got like three unofficial retirements and then one official one. Oh, really? And the, way he came, 
the way he came out of retirement was basically like he basically like called out Patrick Cantlay and was like, I'm better than that guy. And he almost just won the Masters. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. Uh, two and a half? Yeah. Uh, I'll go over. You, you think he's got several more rounds of this stunt? Oh, yeah. I think it's like his, his, <laughs> entire, his entire 30s. Like he'll he'll like make a run at a PGA Tour event in like 2022 and then just be, you know, jaded by the whole thing, go back to Fort Worth, come back. It's it's going to be the rest of the deal. Right. Do you know him? Do you ever run into him around the area? No, no, we don't. We don't do a lot of hanging. Um, aren't you playing Trinity Forest soon? Yeah, I was supposed to play today, but I, I, I got a podcast to tape. Listen to that, y'all. Listen to that dedication. Yeah. There you go. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll get John Peterson on, on the podcast at some point. <laughs> we can ask him a, over under about his retirement. Something tells me he's not going to take kindly to the joke. Call him from a block number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We'll be back with brand new show tomorrow. Brand new show on Wednesday. Subscribe so that you get it all without having to come look for it. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.